and welcome back, everybody, to podcast number 17. That is right, the 17th episode. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. We're on Kairos. That's right. A little bit of a longer episode, but uh, nonetheless, I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. Two very special segments. We have a very, very special guest coming on. and uh, But first, we have to get right into the sports and the lunch. Starting off with baseball. A very, very packed week. We've got on the April 4th, home versus Shelbyville. On the 5th, home versus Monticello. On the 6th, home versus Central A&M. And on the 10th, they are at Mount Zion. That is a very, very jam-packed week. Three games in a row. Pretty impressive. Softball. On April 4th, they're home versus Shelbyville. On the 6th, they're home versus Central A&M. On the 8th, they're home versus Argena Oriana. And on the 10th, they are away at Aroa. As for girls soccer, on the 3rd, they are home versus Auburn. On the 5th, they are at Matt Eisenhower. On the 8th, they are home versus Athens. Athens, however you want to say it. Personally, it's Athens, Greece, Athens, Illinois. Um, and on the 10th, they are at LSA. As for boys tennis, on the 3rd, they are home at Fairview Park versus Bloomington Central Catholic. So, if you can get out there, show some of our tennis guys some support, that'd be great. And last but not least, boys and girls track both run on the 8th at the ALH Invitational Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond High School Invitational. That's right. Now let's get straight into the lunch. On April 3rd, Creckles, the 4th, La Gondola, the 5th, Del Carmen's, the 6th, Subway, and y'all know what the 7th is. No school, actually, it is no school, because Easter Sunday is coming up quick, ladies and gentlemen. It is this weekend, so hope you guys have a great Easter. All right, and moving right into segment number two, I am here with a very special guest today, Mr. Sean Streety. Um, for those of you who don't know Mr. Streety, uh, he's a St. T graduate. Uh, what year did you graduate, Mr. Streety? Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. But, uh, Cody, yeah, I graduated here. I went to St. T and started in 1981 and uh, graduated way back in 1985. 85. It feels like it it really isn't that long long ago, but it is at the same time. You'll find out soon enough, my friend. (laughs) What is your favorite memory from going to school here at St. T? Gosh, uh, well, some of my favorite memories are running track. Now, Mr. Bundy was the coach coach. Craig Bundy was the uh, track coach, and I was never really good at basketball. I always thought about trying out for basketball. I'd use my Nerf hoop in the basement, you know, imagining hitting the winning shot. But I was just not very that that well-suited for that sport. Running was my thing, and uh, the high hurdles and the low hurdles I was pretty good at, along with triple jump and uh, long jump. So Mr. Bundy... We'd go on these trips. We'd, we'd get, load the bus up. We'd go to Argenta, Oriana, and uh, we'd run on the cinder blocks and all that. And then w- they'd play all this music like uh, the Violent Femmes and, you know, music I really hadn't heard. And uh, it, I just, those were great memories, those road trips on the bus to track meets. I won't forget those, along with a whole lot of other stuff. But uh, 
that's for another day. <laughs> All right. So after St. T, what college did you end up attending? Oh, Cody, I went to uh, Southern Illinois University at Carbondale and uh, SIUC. So I became a Saluki. And uh, boy, that was such fun. I, I can't tell you how uh, incredible experience it was, A, to get away from home. For four years, I mean, you know, you come back on breaks and all that and bring your laundry. But uh, just to get away and to be independent and to have no one watching over your shoulder so that you can either make a mistake or make great decisions. And uh, what a great growing experience. And Southern Illinois is where I really um, learned my trade of radio television through my classes. But did I ever think I would graduate there and be on the news in my hometown? Never. So anything is possible. What advice would you give high school students that are getting ready to go into college? Oh, I would uh, absolutely say uh, it's okay to be a little undecided. It's okay to be a little bit unsure exactly what your future is going to bring you. Or, you know, you might think you have a crystal ball. I say know what you're good at. Kind of know yourself. Identify yourself. Identify your strengths and weaknesses. Um, don't fool yourself and what you maybe be over your head or outside of your skill zone. Um, and I would say just be confident in knowing that if you do make a choice and you're not satisfied with it, hey, it's not too late to change. And uh, I would say if you're very satisfied and you feel extremely confident, don't look back. All right. So you said that after high school, you, I mean, after college, sorry, you went into the radio, which is kind of what this is. Yes, it is. Isn't that funny how everybody can have a radio station? <laughs> yeah, it is kind of crazy. Um, and you mentioned earlier, of course, uh, he would, Mr. Tree was just interviewed for the Bulldog Buzz, which will air next week. So be forward to look into that on YouTube. But you said that this is kind of like a deadline business. It really is. It really is. Uh, the news is always in such constant change, more so than I think ever. Uh, it, it becomes almost... Uh, it comes at you from all directions. Uh, so in the television news business, obviously we have newscasts. Personally, I anchor the 5, 6, and 10. Uh, co-anchor, often, with Don Sterling, my fine co-anchor, who has been for years. Uh, so we are a team on that newscast. And, uh, for instance, just this week, last night, breaking news, okay? You might come back from dinner. Here's a typical day, by the way, Cody. Mm -hmm. Let's say... 10 o'clock newscast, just for instance. Uh, I'm not in the building all day. i got to get out of there and get some food, see my family, and then I come back. But at 9 o'clock, it could be anything. Last night, it was a plane crash at the, uh, in Lincoln, Illinois. A small plane goes down, and suddenly you got to scramble to cover that news. So you, whatever you thought was going to be that newscast lineup has just been blown up. So deadlines, yes, we have to have our things in place. Stories written, reporter, what we call packages, ready already uh, edited, and in the uh, ready to be played on air, along with the writing of scripts. Uh, so it's an orchestra of people that make that happen. So the deadline is one thing, but boy, the content can change in a moment. Absolutely. And so from that radio station, you then moved to WAND. And when did you start at WAND? Started there in 1994. Came out of uh, uh, WSO, excuse me, WSOI. And it's interesting because that job, which I worked for five years in radio, 
I start a newscast at 5 a.m., my friend, 5 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes uh, I'd, my last newscast would be 4 p.m. So those are very long days, frankly, for not very good pay, uh, but a great experience. And certain, you know, you'll find sometimes, you know, whatever job you're doing, you might say, boy, I love this job, but I, I just can't live on this. So uh, no, no disregard to them. I need to find another opportunity. And it just so happened that uh, that opportunity opened at WAND. Uh, again, just unbelievable that it'd be my hometown. Uh, so I started as a reporter there in 1994. So I was kind of thrown to the wolves, you know. I mean, radio is not television. Radio, you're using the power of the mind. Radio is the theater of the mind, I should say. That is the writing. I could tell you a story in radio right now using natural sound, footsteps going up a stairs and saying, this new building is opened. And all, and all the students are now walking up these new stairs and you hear them talking amongst themselves. You see how it's starting to take play in your mm -hmm. mind? That's where the visuals come in radio. Uh, good radio, good storytelling in radio. But then you translate that to television, and now you're using pictures. So now you can't always talk about exactly what you're seeing in the picture. I'm looking at it. You don't have to tell me that. But now I'm kind of setting there's a different style of writing when it comes to television. And I had to learn that uh, to tell a story effectively in television using pictures and sound as well. Uh, in television, it could be um, uh, take a look at this. This happened this morning. Suddenly an explosion. And you see the flames. Families made it out, running, you know, uh, for their lives. We caught up with one mother who says she had moments just to grab her baby. And then you see her, you know, ah, 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 all covered in, you know, and she's telling her own story on television. And you feel her emotion, right, through mm -hmm. her eyes, through her face. Because in television, it's coming literally right into your living room and looking you right in the eye. And they're looking you right in the eye. And, boy, what power that has. Radio has a power of immediacy. Television has a power of storytelling in a lot of ways. When I, make, when I say immediacy, radio, you don't need all this equipment to go out there and get the story. You need a, a microphone and a recorder, and you go out there and you get the story, and you come back and write it. Television, you need a camera, right? You need uh, somebody to mic somebody up. It, it's a lot more laborious sometimes, although that's changing. Uh, television is now shrinking its technology to get out in the field and, and get those pictures back and broadcast quicker than ever. Uh, so long story, uh, long answer, I should say, but hopefully give you some insight. All right, Mr. Streety, and our next question, do you still get nervous before you go on the air? <laughs> it all depends. Um, uh, I would say hmm, nervous probably isn't the word. It's just sometimes you feel uneasy. I guess there's a difference. Nervous is... Oh, my God, am I going to mess this up? Uh, you know, do I know what I'm saying? Nervous. Versus what's out of my control that can happen here at any time. <laughs> <laughs> right? My mic is not with it. My lips are moving, but nobody hears me because there's an audio problem. Or um, the director may uh, push up the wrong video. And I'm talking about a story, and then I have to say, sorry, folks, obviously that's not the right video, you know. Um, not throw other people on the bus, but mistakes happen. We're all human. Um, I've had nightmares, my friend, of being, okay, Sean, get to the studio. Stand by. Stand by the camera person. Stand by. Cue. And I have no scripts, and there's no prompter, and I have no idea what I'm saying. I've had nightmares about that. Can you believe that? 
So nervous um, usually is 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 not having a firm grasp on uh, that moment. Okay, nervous when I first started, man, heck yeah, I was nervous. Are you kidding me? Because as soon as you start thinking that there's fifteen, there's here, well, well, more than a lot than that, three hundred fifteen thousand people looking at you, you're gonna get nervous. But you can't think about that. I'm just gonna talk to my mom. That's how I got out of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to think, and I'm looking at a camera. I'm not looking at, that's why tell, uh, anchoring a newscast is so much different than talking and public speaking. There you're looking people eye to eye. They're looking at every flaw you have, every, you know, every misspeak you have, whatever. Um, whereas television, you're just looking at a camera. So once you get that all out of your mind, clear that out of your mind, uh, you can. it, it kind of puts that nervousness down to a one you're never totally unnervous. Don't get me wrong. So I, I shouldn't lie. Am I ever nervous anymore? Of course I am. Sometimes I am. Uh, and it can be for a variety of reasons. Uh, believe it or not, folks, people have anxiety, okay? We're human. Uh, we're not robots, right? So uh, sometimes that can show itself in being, uh, you know, maybe fidgety, uh, maybe a sweaty lip, uh, maybe, uh, you know, Stutter. It seems like once you mess up one script or stutter on one, you can't get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You just keep stuttering and messing it up. So the, the question about nervousness, it's less so, but sometimes it happens because of things out of your control. What is your favorite memory from working at WA&D? Wow, man, that's, that's not even a fair question. I've been there like 30 years, 20 <laughs> years, right? Uh, there's a lot of great memories. Um, uh I can't even count them all, but I'll tell you some very good stories that I've covered, okay? I've had the great opportunity to cover the announcement of Barack Obama uh, when he announced for president, did so at the the old state capitol in Springfield where it was negative 15 degrees and I almost had frostbite covering that. And then it came back with Joe Biden as a VP announcement in uh, that summer when it was 110 degrees and everybody passed out from, I said, love you, man, but don't come back. No. Uh, (laughs) Uh, those were incredible experiences. I've also uh, I've covered Bill Clinton, uh, covered a speech of his. Uh, I remember going up to cover because we had labor strife in Decatur, and some of the unions were going to get in here with some of his labor department people were there, uh, and this happened to be in Galesburg, whatever. Uh, listened to a speech, had to come back and put together a story in literally like 30 minutes. Um, I've also had the opportunity to cover an exonerated prisoner who served 18 years. 18 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit until he was released from the Macon County Jail. And uh, I remember talking about and what a joyous day that was for him. That always stands out. A, a wrongful uh, conviction exoneree stands out. I talked to, I've interviewed Jesse Jackson. Um, that was a memorable one. I cover, it seems like I've been around Barack Obama like my, when it was his whole <laughs> presidency. I even covered his farewell speech in Chicago. Um, Gosh, it goes on and on. Uh, tornadoes that ripped through our town in 1996. Um, um, let me see. Another incredible, interesting story. Um, oh, I, I don't know. I had to go back. It's almost like I need that reel, right? Bring back your reel of memories. Mm-hmm. But those are just some that stand out. And like I say, it's sort of the everyday people, too. That uh, I remember talking to a, a five-year-old who saved her family from a fire. Unbelievably, like, are you five? You know, the way she talked. Uh, I met them at an, uh, 
at a hotel room, and she talked about how um, they weren't waking up and how she woke them up and got them out of the uh, out of their uh, trailer all alive. I mean, those are things you just don't forget. What is the featured business watch? Oh, that is a franchise piece I did for several years uh, prior to the pandemic, where I would go out and uh, feature small businesses. Um, and a lot of those are still kind of online now, uh, where I would just talk to people starting their own business. I always, the spirit of entrepreneurship in this place we live is unbelievable. People get tired of working for somebody else and says, hey, I got my own idea, whether it's creating a lip balm or whether it's uh, a car waxing or detailing uh, service or whether it's uh, a pop machine that won't stop working. or uh you name it so my biz watch focused on those local people who created their own businesses from their own ideas and uh, i highlighted them and i did about 304 of those oh wow that's a that's a quite the time was it like was it every single day or was it like every week yeah every week during four o'clock and people miss it but during the pandemic and you know i'll go back uh, that will be revived but we've had some Unfortunately, as you've seen, businesses coming out of this pandemic, television is no different. I mean, it's getting harder to keep people and to find people. Uh, so staffing shortages puts a crimp on what we can do. Uh, we have to really choose what we're going to do. So I'd love to re- bring that back. I mean, it certainly can happen. Um, and it's good to know that a lot of those businesses I profiled are still around. And our next question, um, I heard you have a cat. Uh, what kind of cat is well, it? We did some research. <laughs> Ragdoll Cat Max. So Ragdoll is not like an actual. It's like it's like the color of it, right? Is yeah, that the type of cat? Yeah. But yeah, Max has uh, been a. He's like 18 years old now. Oh wow! And uh, he's kind of losing his mind. No, he's a great <laughs> cat, but he has a lot of anxiety. I can tell in his old age, and um, so in the mornings he will get me up now. You have to realize that, you know, the news ends at 1030, but I don't just go home and go to bed. I mean, I've got to watch some of the comedy shows or now baseball starting back up, you know. Watch those San Francisco. The Giants. Yes, watch the Giants on the West Coast when they play the Cubs or the Cardinals. And um, so I usually try to hit the bed by, you know, before one, frankly. Uh, So, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find Max. But Max loves to wake me up screaming in the morning that he's hungry <laughs> kind of like a dog uh so i uh just did that this morning so i was able to make our interview on time thanks to max all right and um so you are are on the board of several different organizations is that correct yes presently i'm on the boys and girls club board i serve as the president of the decatur boys and girls club uh which does tremendous work as you know providing uh resources for children after school so that they uh, can be productive citizens. I'm also grandpa, by the way, as I go through my pictures looking for Max. But um, uh, so, yes, I've served on the Macon County uh, uh, Conservation District Board, also the United Way Board, Catholic Charities Board, uh, and most importantly now, I'm very active with the Boys and Girls Club. Amazing. All right. Because I think it's important to give back. I mean, you know, we, we live and work in this community and we want the best for it. You know, I have a son who's 21 who attends Millican University. I have a grandson who's five who attends Warrensburg Latham. So uh, it's important to get back. Can't find 
right. Oh yeah, and that's absolutely that's kind of what they preach here at St. T. Even with the um, you know, with the Linda Hand days where we go out and serve the community twice a yeah, year. That, yes, I know we cover that as well, and that's amazing. What you did get for the food drive was incredible. Absolutely, because I know I think this year they added on an extra Linda Hand day for the juniors and seniors. I think that's so incredible, and there's so many opportunities to give to the community. And, you know, your time and talent is it's not always your money. It's your time and your talent uh, that can make such a difference. Absolutely. Uh, well, that is all the questions I have for you today. I found Max. There's Max. Isn't he a cool cat? He is amazing. It's such a cool cat. Isn't that one cool cat? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a joy, Cody. Thank right. you. And good yeah. luck to you, my friend. I know that uh, you are a Giants fan. You're a golfer. You have your uh, next step set, and uh, man, I wish the best for you, and I know you're going to be great at what you do. And to all you listening out there, remember that um, I never thought, I mean, I'm a St. Teresa grad, right? I never thought I'd be on the news in WA&D in my hometown, so uh, there's always going to be a door open for you where you didn't expect a door, but it'd only be open for you. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. And moving right into segment number three, I am here with a couple special guests. Honestly, we're going we're to have a couple special guests on today. And uh, we're doing some Easter trivia because, you know, Easter is coming up quick. It's coming up fast. And uh, actually, this Sunday is Easter. So I'm, it's also Master Sunday, too. So that's going to be uh, one heck of an Easter. I'm going to go to church in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to sit down in the afternoon and watch the final round of the Masters, of course. Absolutely. And so our first guest on today is Mr. Samuel Sweely. Hello. <laughs> All right, Sam, you ready for your first question? I'm ready. Let's go. What does Easter Sunday signify? Resurrection of Christ. That is correct. That is one down. All right. Why is Palm Sunday called Palm Sunday? Uh, because when Jesus rose in the, rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, which was a prophecy, um, he, the people of the town laid down their coats and palms for him. That is correct. Only needed one more. And number three, what biblical event took place on Monday, Thursday? Last Supper. The Last Supper is correct, ladies and gentlemen. And Sam Sweely, you are going home today with a cosmic brownie for your efforts today. All three right. You get the cosmic brownie. Thank you very much. All right. Our next guest on today, William Zentoffer. Hi. Um, you ready for your first question? Sure. What is the Sunday before Easter Sunday called? Palm Sunday. It is Palm Sunday. It is Palm Sunday. Yeah. Besides bunnies, what other animal is considered an Easter symbol? Jesus is sometimes called this, like it's referred to this animal. A lamb? Yes, that's correct. All right. And our final question. What is the meat historically consumed on Easter? Like for Easter dinner or whatever. Yeah. Is it just lamb? It is lamb. Okay. <laughs> all right. Since you got all three right, I have a cosmic brownie for you from the vending machine. Thanks for coming on today. Yep. And our next possibly final guest on is Mr. Henry Rising. What's going on? Uh, you ready for your first question? Uh, let's hear it. Who betrayed Jesus before his crucifixion? Judas. 
That's correct. What primary color were Easter eggs originally dyed? <laughs> Yellow? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Th- thanks for being a good sport and getting on. Oh, thank you, Cody, for having me. And our next guest on, Mr. Andrew, the lawnmower bower. Cody. <laughs> it's great to have you on today. Thank to have you. such a staple in the teacher's community on with us today. Of course. Are you ready for your first question? I'm as ready as I can ever be. We'll start with the one Henry missed. Which primary color were Easter eggs originally dyed? You have three options. I believe it was red. I think red is correct. Red is correct. Who betrayed Jesus before his crucifixion? That was Judas. That's a rather easy question, isn't it? it is I mean, we, we take theology all... All four years. All four years, and most of us have taken it through, like, kindergarten or whatever like it is. So, that's an easy question. Which European country started the Easter bunny tradition? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, let's go with Germany. Germany is correct. Congratulations on winning this amazing Easter special Cossack Brownie. Not really. I just bought it from the vending machine. Uh, but you, here Cody. you go. There is a Cossack Brownie. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on today. And that is going to wrap it up for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. And uh, a special thanks to Mr. Sean Treaty for coming on and answering some questions and uh, talking. So, once again, if you have not followed our socials already, please do so at T-H-E-D-A-W-G-P-O-D. That is at the Dog Pod on Instagram and Spotify. And uh, give our partners a Bulldog Buzz, a little love on YouTube and Instagram. That is B-U-L-L-D-O-G-B-U-Z-Z, Bulldog Buzz. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening again. We will see you next time.